Hello, everyone. I'm Fenio from the Fight Side. I'm joined here today by Dan Albert. Hey, you. And we're here to do a preview of UFC. What's the number again? It, it, it's 264. 264. 264 Poirier versus McGregor 3. So the whole idea behind this is that Unlike most of the fight side, we're going to do a full preview. We're going to talk about every single fight on this card. So, so yeah, pretty much. We're going to start from the bottom. And obviously, we're, we're going to talk more about the more interesting fights. But I if think you ever, if you ever if, wanted Dan to talk about uh, Maya versus I, here's your wish. So... Um, we should probably specify ahead of time that, like, by no means have we fully looked into most of the fighters on yeah, this list. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, um... I, we have an idea of who everyone on this card is, but don't expect, like... Very yeah, but we're not, we're not coming people. into it 100% blind either, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's like, uh, so, uh, and, and we should also mention half of these names. For the life of us, we don't know how to pronounce, so... Yeah, if, mo- most if, of this, we're going to butcher. <laughs> but, I mean, just to kind of give a spoiler alert for this, we're not too enthused about most of these fights, I don't think. Yeah, I think... I think the, the, the UFC has been do- has been doing this with Connor cards for a while. They're, they just don't put a lot of names on them because they know Connor will sell by his own. Yeah, there, there's, like, some interesting, like, dynamics on some of these, but for the most part, yeah, it's kind of just, like, this will probably be a really, really mediocre card at best. Yeah, I mean, there, there's go, there's probably going to be some interesting moments, some cool shit, but we'll see. All right. So, starting from the bottom, I'm checking from Topology here, and the first fight is a middleweight bout between Allen and Medovsky and Jao Song Hu. So, okay, middleweights. Um, Amedovsky, I remember him from the John Phillips fight where he got absolutely memed by a right hook. Uh, no, a left hand, but it was like an open stance. It was super wide and it looked super stupid. And he also got like grappled to death by Jotko. Yeah, like the Jotko fight, like he shows some like decent, competent, like transitional work, but it's like his takedown defense is like, Awful. I think that this uh, is so bad. There's there's a moment where Jotko like gets like full on sprawl and he doesn't even like reshoot. He just keep like pushing and, and eventually Amadovsky's on his back. Yeah, it's like uh, Amadovsky, like his whole thing on the feet, his whole process is like he, he kind of seems to be pressures, but it's so plodding and it's like he has he seems like he's terrified of pulling the trigger, but when he does, like he always has really loopy shots. And that's probably why Phillips knocked him out. But, like, he at least shows on the ground he has, like, a decent idea if he's able to reverse Jocko. But it's like, I don't, I don't really know what to think of him too much. Yeah. On the other hand, we have uh, who? I, I think who, who's, who, who's dropping, who has, dropping weight class for the second time in a okay, row. Okay, so, 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 yeah, um, I looked at, I, when I was looking into this guy, I was like, Wait a minute, he's a heavyweight? And wait, it says light heavyweight on topology. Oh, so no, he's fighting the, at middleweight? The Coulter, the Coulter fight was uh, a 205. Both guys dropped from heavyweight to 205 for that fight. And now he's dropping again. 
didn't he fight and, Cyril Cyril Asker too? Because like yeah, that's that was his that was his debut. He fought Cyril Asker at heavyweight and, because yeah, heavyweight, and he looks super small there. Like he's tall, but he's not built for heavyweight. So if he can comfortably make uh, 185, this probably got a good decision. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know because it's like. I I was watching him and like my main thing is um his defensive footwork is terrible like it's so awful like he yeah the it's the footwork especially because he looks competent when it doesn't relate to relative footwork like then, he's like, not I, great but he doesn't look that bad when he's like right in front of a guy but mm-hmm. then he has like no concept of ringcraft at all. Yeah, especially when he's against the fence, because, like, he'll get taken down so easily, and then, like, Asker basically took his back whenever he wanted. Yeah. So it's just, like, I don't know, who who do you pick here? The, because it's, like, Amadowski has at least shown some craft on the ground. On the feet, it's probably going to look really awkward. Versus I think, the, I think uh, at least who uh, will probably be more active on the feet. And if Amedovsky gets, like, very eager on the feet, he, he's a lot sloppier, I think. Like, who is not great, but uh, at least he has some some semblance of technique on the feet. I don't know. I think it's very coin flippy. Though both guys are not very good, very mm-hmm. bottom of the barrel for the UFC. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. I, I just... If yeah. anything, who has better takedown defense, like... Asker was taking the back, but but he was. I mean, Asker is not tall, but he's like very heavy. And who was like being outstrengthed by him? But he was like at least grabbing underhooks and janking out the wizard and shit. And Amedovsky just got taken down at will by Joko. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm picking who by decision, but really I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take the other guy, uh, Amadovsky, but I'm indifferent. Uh, next fight, we got Zalgis Zolmogolov versus Jerome Rivera. When I first saw Zolmogolov, um, like, the main thing I saw with him is that he has, like, ideas with, like, level changes. Like, he kind of does that Frankie Edgar thing where he kind of rushes in and to, like, fake the upstairs and downstairs for takedowns. But his patterns are so, like, very samey. He, like, he doesn't yes. mix up, like, anything. Like, his jabs come out at the same rhythm and speed. He throws the same, like, overhand and, like, the same looping shots. Yeah, I but, think he has, he, has, he has competent variety, but as you said, the rhythm is a problem with him. Like, he's mm-hmm. very, like, on time. And that's why, like, for example... Uh, Paiva had trouble with the takedowns and with the loopy overhands at first, but he started to time him pretty easily uh, as the fight went on. The other thing that kind of stood out about Zolmogolov to me is that, like, on the back foot especially, like, he concedes it so easily, and it's like he kind of throws that overhand with a lot of intent, and, and, like, he lands hard with it by the looks of it. But if he can't, like, make the other guy, like, respect that, then he really, really struggles. Yeah. I agree with that. On the other hand, Rivera... Uh, for me, <laughs> Rivera looks... He looks raw, you know? Like... Yeah. He needs more, 
he needs more time. There's potential there. He has good ideas, but he's like low volume and, he, and the defense is not great. When I when I first saw Rivera, my my initial impression was it's like, okay, so he's trying to fight the outfight, but he's a uh, very spammy. Like he'll just throw it like. He, he basically just throws, like, jabs and kicks at range, which is, like, a decent idea, but it's, like, he d- seems to do them, like, almost erratically. Like, he's so nervous, but doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he, it seems like he doesn't, like, build off his offense very well. Or at least, like, have a cohesive idea of how to, like, create a system of offense, it, yeah. which, which has led to, like, some of his last few wa- losses, because it's, like, he is so goddamn open to the body. <laughs> It's insane yeah, it's because he's he's super long and he doesn't have a system to defend to the body. Yeah, and and plus like he gets taken down so easily. Like he, there was one fight I saw where like he basically just literally intentionally clinches up with the other yeah. guy, and the other guy just body locks him whenever he wants. And it's like, I mean, it's, yeah, I think raw's the word here. It's it's interesting to see because Shumagulov is more like a, a leg attacker. And sometimes guys have trouble taking down from the legs guys so tall. Um, and the the height difference will be very big on this one. Yeah, I um I kind of worry though about, about picking Rivera here. I don't really feel confident in that because at least with Zolmogolov, like I've seen the variety to really punish Rivera. Like Rivera, I just see him taking overhands all and darn he's soft night. on the ground too. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, for me, the, the thing is that Sumagulov is just more battle tested and seems more comp. That his game seems to make more sense. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. And yeah. and, and even though Paiva like beat him, he he looks like comfortable fighting taller guys, like he's used to. And I don't know if Rivera will have fun with a little guy throwing overhands at him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going Shumagulov by decision. Yeah, I think um um yeah, I agree. Um I uh, I I'll go a step further. I think Zomagulov maybe hurts him really bad or KOs him. I don't know. Um next one uh, next one is middleweight is Omar Akhmedov versus Brad Tavares. So middleweight again. This one way higher level though. So it's still not great because it's middleweight, but this one should be, should be okay. Both guys very, very all rounder kind of type, kind type of fighters. Uh, Agmedov has been successful lately, like being a wrestler. And Tabares has been successful later being like a defensive wrestler. So this should be interesting. Yeah, I feel like when I watch, like, footage for both these guys, this kind of feels like it's Tavares' fight to lose to me. Yeah. Because it's, like, especially on the feet, like, he has process there, like, especially behind jabs and his kicks, and then, like, itching and catching. Plus, like, his takedown defense, like he showed against Antonio Carlos Jr., it's not, like, great takedown defense, but I'm not too I'm not too sure Akhmedov has, like, great takedowns either. Yeah, I mean... Agmedov probably like a better plain wrestler than Carlos Jr., but also the consequences of being taken down by him are not as big because he's not as good on top. 
Also, like, a, a medal of whole game on the field is, like, kicks and overhands. And I think that favors Tavares, who will going to counter leg kick a lot and land his jab. Yeah, I, I think, like, Tavares can be caught by, like, a willing hitter on his entry points. But it's, like, I don't think Ak Madoff is that guy, to be honest. Like, because I see Tavares have, like, ideas on the feet. It's just, um... I, I don't think Hakamadov has, like, proven that he has, like, a really, really deep process on the feet to really take advantage of that. Especially, like, if he's the one who gets backed up and can't take Tavares down. Yeah, the, the thing with Akhmedov is that he's very physical on the feet. Like, he throws the overhands, looks for clinches, shoots takedowns. And I don't think Tavares is the guy that you want to be so physical against. Like, he's going to be bigger than Akhmedov. Like, Akhmedov is, is, he's not small, but he's a former welterweight. The bar is pretty big. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, the, the takedown defense is there. The jab is there. I think, as you said, this is Tavares' fight to lose. I'm picking him. I'm taking Tavares also, yeah. Which leads us to our main event, Jennifer Maya versus Jessica <laughs> I. For the, for the yeah. open weight championship. Yeah, so, um, Fenyo, did you watch any? footage for this? Um, I'll be honest, I didn't rewatch, but, but I've seen every Maya and every Jessica fight <laughs> in the UFC because I watch every fight. What but is so wrong I, with you? I have a pretty good idea. I mean, this is... The thing is that none of these girls are very fun to watch, but if we're honest, both are pretty decent. Both what? can do it all at a content, uh, competent level. Yeah, it's like they have, like, competent ideas. They're just not, like, very cohesive. Like, that's kind of a prevailing pattern on this card, and it really comes out here. And it's like when I was watching both people, uh, both of them, it's like both of them seem to have, like, an idea of um, what to do. It's just, like, they often just do something for the sake of it sometimes, but then, like, have no ways to create it again. It's like, I seems willing to throw, but then she'll just often just, like, yeah. watch her work and then just, like, stare it for a while. And then, like, oh, I'll p- reposition and jab again. The other like, thing, yeah. yeah. Ice game is very disconnected. I feel like sometimes she gets her groove going with the boxing and she can be okay. But you can throw her off with kicks. And also, uh, her wrestling is... Is decent too, but he doesn't have any way to make good entries. She just like shoots. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what to say besides um, it's hard to really watch Jessica I and take away a lot of things from her. Yeah, I think I think uh, I is skilled, but she's a bit of a head case. Like she should be better if you if you watch the 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 decent parts of her. Mm-hmm. She's like one of of the better uh, women's MMA fighters, but then she just can't put it together consistently. Yeah, she's... Maya, Maya is also like a disjointed game, but she has like a better idea on how to to make transitions work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't able to get much out of Maya's on the feed ideas either, but I do think that like her being able to at least like abuse some clinch positions to stall out, yes. like, Shevchenko kind of means something. And also, like, Maya... Maya is very disjointed as I is, but if Maya finds something that works, 
she's going to go for that. Yeah, and I for can sure. trust her. I can trust her that if she finds success with a takedown, she's going to look for a takedown again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I don't really know how to pick this, to be honest. It feels like this is probably just going to be a really boring, grinding kind of fight. Yeah, I feel like Maya is just the person that I kind of trust more. Yeah, same. It's it's like it's close skill-wise, but uh, if it comes down to the actual fight, I'm going to pick Maya. Mm-hmm. Um, Dricus Duplessis versus Trevin Giles. Um, middleweight again. <laughs> They're feeling this one with middleweights. Yeah. So, um, Duplessis. It, I, I feel like uh, when I watched these two, I immediately figured out the dynamic the fr- second I saw how Trevin worked. Like Trevin Giles likes to apply some pressure and some upper body feints with his rhythm into his jab. He's he's kind of awkward with his footwork and balance, and yeah, it it leads to him kind of being able to be taken down pretty easily. But it's like, like he at least again, like he's another one of those guys that like has like some variety of an idea, but has a difficult time putting it together. But it's kind of the opposite of Zolma Madov, whereas like you can see he's playing with rhythm. He just doesn't have a ton of like variety. Yeah, but he has he, but he has also, like a process though. And he also be. He also be helped by having more output because his cardio, his cardio is okay. He hits hard, but he faints. I mean, it's it's a good thing that he faints, but sometimes he should he should just pull the trigger more. And um, the, but I think that that matches up. That matches up in, interesting with Duplessis because Duplessis is a counter striker that bites super hard on faints. Like Marcus Perez has has him like swinging at air a lot of the time. Duplessis also, had like Duplessis had some interesting ideas with like using hand fighting to create kicks or to like try to counterpunch off of his guard. But it's like he throws himself off balance so much because he bites on everything, especially yeah. if you pressure him hard. So it's like this is kind of a weird matchup. Like the more I think about it, but it's like. My the moment I first saw Giles work, like I immediately thought, like he's the guy that feels like a, the safer bet here. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I mean, Giles faints, and you know, I mean, he stays more composed. I don't think I'm not sure if Duplessis can keep his kind of pace for three rounds because he just throws everything so hard. Yeah, he like throws himself off of balance, and his posture just breaks. But he gets backed up so easily just because he's so instinctively looking for those counters. And so it's, like, a guy with, like, straighter form and, like, an idea of, like, how to mess with rhythm who can draw those counters out like Giles is probably going to have a way easier time yeah. winning this than the also, other Also, Trevin, Trevin is very patient. So even if Duplessis is, like, throwing super hard, he's not going to freak out. He's just going to apply mm-hmm. his game. Try to find his openings, and yeah. and for someone that fights so relaxed, he hits super hard. So, yeah, he definitely has. He can definitely crack a bit. Yeah, I th- I think this is kind of a no brainer, Giles. Yeah, I'm picking Giles too. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. next one, it gets very interesting. The greatest and- defensive prospect <laughs> at featherweight, Ryan Hall, takes on Ilya Tapura. This one, this one should be fun. I mean, it's 
it's not very compelling, I think, as people think. But but this this one should be fun. I mean, I, the thing the thing we call is that people are super scared of his guard, but people that actually dive on his guard has been okay most of the time. It's more dangerous to to let him grab a leg. Like if he act, actively grabs a leg, that's more dangerous, I think, than actually taking hold down. Ryan, Ryan Hall has sad face dog expressions on the outside with his defensive movements. And then because it's like, I, I literally never see him like use his hands at all for like jabbing or anything. He like throws out one of those like oblique kicks just to get range. And it's like, Iminari roll time. But it's like, that's kind of it. Like, and, and just, um, like he relies upon those moments, but his defensive ring craft is, uh, it, it's definitely something, and so it's like, like it, it's dangerous because at the very least, like he seems like competent enough to take advantage of like surprising opponents. But it's like, yeah, it, it's like he doesn't have a whole lot else besides that, and so it's like interesting versus Tapura because like Tapura is very aggressive and opportunistic at like punishing guys for not like offering things on the feet, it, and then like yeah. drawing out responses, especially to the body. He, like, and he, he also he also going he also pressures from very close, so I don't think like how it's going to to get like that distance to kick for free. Topuria mm-hmm. is not going to give him that. He's going to be on his face, and if and if Ryan Hall like just drops for for an Imanari or something stupid like that, um, Topuria is going to engage him on the ground. Like his 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 top game super solid. He's a good wrestler. I was curious about that because I wasn't able to get a read on Tapura's grappling, but uh, yeah, if like Hull can't like uh get him on the ground, then this is probably going to be a scary fight for him because Tapura will punish exits and resets with the jab and body shots. The- I, I mean, the thing the thing with with fighters like Hull that has have this aura around them is like, is the fighter gonna engage them or are they gonna be scared? You know. Because, yeah, like, for example, when Cuff Swanson fought uh, Gracie, uh, he he wa- he didn't want any of the ground game, you know. Mm-hmm. But he but he knew he had to engage on the clinch to avoid the takedowns. So yeah, I, don't don't he, give he wasn't him scared. Spin. He wasn't scared of the clinch, and I think that was very important for Cuff to win that fight. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for for fighters, for example. Elkins was super scared of engaging Hall on the ground, and I don't think he should have been. Like, he could have been uh, responsible with the guard entries, and he would have been fine. And actually, the few times that he engaged on the ground, he was all right. But he was simply too scared, and I think that's because of the aura of Ryan Hall, that he's this wizard on the ground. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because there, there's always this statement of like, don't let the other guy fight their fight, and it's like everyone always lets Hall fight his fight. Yeah, exactly. because it's like literally Hall's goal is to stall you out with like fear and bullshit on the feet that he doesn't have, because like all he's gonna do is just go for those opportunistic subs the moment he even gets contact with the ground, and then it's like he has to get back up, but it's like he doesn't do enough on the feet that at this point that like seems that threatening and it's like if you get in a guy's face like that like what's he gonna do look for those like takedowns and it's like um i i've seen like tapuria like 
pinned against like the fence fairly easily, but it's like I don't think that's Hall's game. Yeah, no. And also like Tapuria goes super hard to the body, and I don't think Hall will like that at all. No. Nobody in MMA likes getting hit to the body unless they're like made of iron. <laughs> especially when the especially when the guy hitting you hits like Tapuria. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I feel like um I wouldn't be surprised by Hall getting a random like sub that, but it depends upon Tapuria's grappling. Otherwise, it kind of feels like it's Tapuria's fight to lose. Well, Tapuria can be... I mean, Tapuria had spots when he got reversed by Salal on their fight, but Salal is super scrambly, and Tapuria always ended up on top at the end. So, I, I'm trusting him. I'm just scared that he fights a dumb fight, but if he if he does yeah. his thing, he shouldn't. The thing is, Topuria shouldn't change a thing to fight Hall. He just he should just be him. Yeah, and Topuria can be over aggressive, but Hall's kind of the guy that like you want to be aggressive against. Yeah, yeah, like like being aggressive over Hall is not going to ta- get you taken down or something because he's not like a traditional should take down guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm picking Topuria. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter Waits up, or is it middleweight up next? I actually don't know. It's welterweight. Oh, boy. Um, the meme fight of the card. The meme, the meme versus the meme. Yeah. Nico Price versus, is it Michelle Pereira or is it Michelle? Yes. It's Michelle Michelle. Pereira. Oh, dear God. Um, I mean, I'm not going, I'm not going to lie. Like, I I don't like any, uh, either of these guys, but this is going to be fun. Like, no way this sucks. No, yeah, no way this fight's going to be boring. Like, it's probably, like, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm picking Price to win, probably by knockout, but it's, like, the the dynamic's weird, because it's, like, Price is really, like, opportunistic and dynamic and, like, clearly hits, like, a fucking truck, even though I have no idea how 2020 Cowboy, like, survived. Survive him? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, you would think with how hard Price hits, like, hurting Luke consistently, that, it, like, he would put Cowboy after all these yeah. years down. But, no. But, um, I do think Price is such a defensive void, and his gas tank isn't the best if he can't put you away, that, like, that gives guys a chance. But he is, he's such a willing engager and hits so hard that, like, that means he's going to be dangerous if you don't yeah. have a process. The great, the crazy, the crazy thing about this fight is that Pereira probably the more technical fighter from the outside. Like he can jab, he can low kick, and he can be like decent from the outside. Like nothing great, but he knows his stuff. And Price yeah. is like super wild, like just overhands and. But I think like Price has a better a better eye for openings. Like, Pereira is clearly, like, more athletic, more coordinated, and better technique. And I I still think Price has a better eye for finding ways to hurt a guy. Price Price also has, like, more experience than Pereira does, honestly, because it's like... Yeah. You, the, you mentioned the, car, the cardio, but I think uh, Price is more comfort, comfortable fighting tired than, than Michelle is. For sure. And it's, like, Pereira, like, he has turned from, like, the backflip, like, fake wrestler meme to, like, a guy who's doing, like, some bare minimum stuff behind, like, jab pivots and, like, like he throws his jab out as a feeler. But it still isn't a lot. Like, 
he still like does a few he throws all these upper body feints out and it's like but he doesn't do anything and he's still very hittable if you so much as push him back like his last opponent yeah. Williams like Williams would just blitz in on him and Pereira just got caught cleanly like and was yeah, pitted I, against the fence and that doesn't bode well versus Price and for, and for the record I don't think Pereira won that fight at all <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean it, it, the fight sucks, so who cares? But I think I mean uh, I didn't. Williams, I sure as fuck Williams didn't score it. Man. I sure as fuck didn't score it. So I'll take your word for it. I feel <laughs> like um I think people were probably like, oh my gosh, Nico Price is no sorry, Pereira is doing new things now. Whoa, but yeah, I mean this fight will probably be fun and stupid, but I mean it, I feel like Price is just the safer pick, especially early, unless Pereira is made of titanium. And Pereira is, is very tough, but and and the other thing is that that and the wild card here is that Pereira, I don't know if he's a a BJJ black belt or anything, but he looks very mid on the ground. And Price is le- legit a solid grappler. Like he has very good back takes, and and even though he gets on weird positions, he has good fundamentals on the ground. So if if it goes if it goes to the ground, I. I, I gotta give a big edge to Nico Price. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I pick a Price by submission. Something weird going to happen. Yeah, I'm or, gonna take Price by Pereira. If Pereira but, gets yeah. tired, Nico is going to take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no disagreement there. Um, yeah, it kind of feels like a bit of an experience thing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next fight's probably gonna be sad condit why yeah. are you still fighting versus max griffin and I mean, um <laughs> the the worst part is that condit is in a two fight winning streak right now <laughs> uh, Jesus. and and on his favor like griffin is super old but he doesn't have the same kind of millage that condit has yeah it's like it's like Griffith kind of has like a functional game and can fight disciplined fights. It's just, I mean, how can you kind of bet on Condit right now unless like his yeah. competition is like that like sm- I mean lower tier or like comparatively diminished like Brown was. Yeah, exactly. And and also like Condit has has been having a lot of trouble with physical fighters lately, like Michael Chiesa and and Alex Oliveira. Even Magni just bullied him. And and that's what are you talking what, about? Magni Magni used his hypnotism bullshit. And that's what Max Griffin does. His physical shit. Yeah, Griffin also like will be active behind that jab. And I mean, if there is one thing that is still very consistent about Condit, besides probably his chin, because it still hasn't been cracked yeah. from what I can see, it's yeah. his defense is always well. You know, if you've seen Condit fight, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, what what Gondit has in his favor here is that Griffin can get predictable be, because he doesn't have much variety, and Gondit always great reads. Mm-hmm. Like he's not as as dynamic as he used to, so maybe he can take advantage, full advantage of those reads. But yeah, I think Griffin is going to pressure here. He's going to land hard. Gondit um, probably will have moments on this fight because Griffin is not. Like doesn't excel at any one part of MMA, but Griffin has like a solid game. Unlike a lot of the fighters on this card, like his game makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he works very hard on fights, and I don't think Condit likes like the high 
the high pace on these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just, um, I feel like, like most Condit fights, like, although, like, in some regards the game has kind of passed Condit by and his takedown defense will always be a problem, like, Welterweight, like, um, it feels like this would be a, a lot more different if Condit was at his best, you know, but, uh, yeah, it feels like it's just, can, I don't think we should bet on Condit at all here. Yeah. Yeah, picking Griffin. Yeah, so, uh, next is, um, Sean O'Malley, and I literally found out before we started recording that O'Malley is fighting a different opponent, so I don't know what to say about his new opponent, who is Chris Moutinho? Chris Moutinho, yeah. Um, so Moutinho, I just saw his last fight, I'm going to be honest, I didn't saw more. He's, he's okay, I was expecting worse, to be honest. He can sleep and counter, he can kick, he's a decent grappler, but... The big problem is that he's short and uh, he squares up his feet when he throws a combination. And that seems like tailor-made for O'Malley to land something huge when he tries to close the distance. Yeah, I mean, the thing with O'Malley is, like, O'Malley's main calling card is, like, the whole feint. And how you should be dealing with O'Malley is, like, pretty obvious. You don't let him control that space. You cut him off. You kick at range with him. You punish him to the body. He, like, you constantly, like, jab with him or, like, punish those feints and jabs. And it's, like, because if you're giving O'Malley space to work, then you're just going to let him tee off whenever he wants. Yeah, he's, he's too long and he's very accurate. So. Yeah, and he's, he's like, deceptively quick, too. But it's, like, O'Malley, like, I mean, we all kind of suspect he's probably made of glass. Um, So it's, like... It's not like you have to be super physical with him. You still have to do, like, smart things because he can still snipe you. But it's, like, he he's really, like, um, it's a, it's a, he's not really a Conor McGregor in terms of, like, how he manages, like, his distance even when the guy is, like, giving him trouble. Yeah. Like, the way he thinks he is. And it's, like, um, it's, like, until, like, I see him be able to handle those things, and his opponent sounds like he isn't that guy to do that, it's, like, it's hard to see O'Malley, like, really cracking into the elite of this division as it stands. But, hey, it'll probably be another showcase knockout unless the other guy's really tough. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, the thing the thing that O'Malley does right in every fight is that he cracks... He cracks very hard counters very early in the fight, so he convinces his opponents to not close the distance irresponsibly, and then he just snipes from the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, O'Malley and, is O'Malley that, is a genuine. That makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's definitely a functional, like, good fighter. He just hasn't really like had the big, big tests that take him out of his comfort zone. That feels like it's going to help him develop. Yeah, I mean, the the shooter fight was trending on that direction, and then he just got killed, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to take too much away from the cheetah fight, because the finish was still kind of weird, but it's like, if that happens again, that's not a good sign for him. Yeah, I mean, and sadly, this probably is not going to be the fight. Like, Montino <laughs> seems all right, but as, mu- as much as I hate to admit it, O'Malley's bird and just all right. He's just going to kill the guys on this level. I'm, yeah. I'm picking O'Malley by first round knockout. Same. I don't see a reason to think any different. Um, all right, this next one is probably the one I've done the least like homework into, but it's um, 
Which which women's division is this? Is it bantamweight? It's bantamweight. Yeah. Yeah, it's Irene it. Aldana and Yana Kunitskaya. Yeah, yeah, Kunitskaya. Yeah. So when I first like started looking into all this, like, how would I describe like the significant other of Thiago Santos um, as very not him, basically? <laughs> yeah. It's like she. I don't really know what her process on the feet is, but it's like. She really, like, goes for the physical, like, grinding fight on the ground to wear the other person out. But it's, like, on the – so she's just vi- on the feet. She's just kind of just there waiting. Yes, yeah. And it's, like it, – that kind of seems a little rough versus Aldana, who, like, has – although Aldana, like, didn't do anything versus Holm for God knows what reason, she, like I – mean- she apparently injured her foot very early in the fight, but that doesn't explain the bad ring craft. <laughs> yeah. Like, Aldana has, like, it's not amazing, but it's, like, she still has processes that clearly shows, like, yeah, I mean, she put the work in. Like, yeah, ideas of how you, to paint and draw responses. Yeah, and if you stand right right in front of Aldana, he's, she's actually one of the, of the best. I like, not boxers, but people who throw hands at the division, like... She can move her head, she can counter, she can find openings, so... Yeah, and, like, in the pocket, she's one of the best, like, women's bantamweights, if not the best. Yeah, she she throws a heavy heavy left hook, very compact, but she also has, like, a long straight straight right hand. Mm -hmm. And and she can also active jab, so... Yeah, it's, like, that doesn't... So I don't really know about her grappling, though. That that's kind of a blind spot for me with this. Yeah, I think I think the grappling is not very good. But also, like Kuniskai, as much as she plays the physical fighter, she's not the athlete that Holly Holm is. She's so also Holly, not that active on the ground. She just kind of holds you there. Yeah, I think Kuniskai can probably steal around, maybe two on the ground, but. I just gotta, you just gotta favor Aldana because she hits way harder and it's actually better on the feet. This mm-hmm. also yeah. Aldana is very Aldana is very big, so I don't like Kuniskaya's chances of of getting physical. Yeah, I think um, like the thing is with Aldana, like if she can't force reaction out, she looks stiff and passive, and it's like Kunitskaya doesn't really seem to give a lot as much as um, she doesn't try. But it's like, if you stand in front of Aldana, she's just going to hit you. Yeah. So at least she's I mean, decisive. Yes. I think a big problem on women's bantamweight is that a lot of the girls, like, want the, their opponent to give them something and are not willing to work on a blank canvas. Yeah, a lot and, of them... And, and Aldana is, like, an exception to that. Like, if, she, she, if you just do nothing, she's just going to jab you and left hook you. Yeah, at least, like, she takes initiative, which is, like, a good thing, and, and something definitely the rest of the division could learn to do, because it's, like, you could play the reactive game only for so long. Yeah, yeah I'm I, picking I, up Dana here. Same. So Heavyweight. One. Heavyweights is tied to Ivasa versus the Prince of War, Greg Hardy. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, this this is like borderline top ten for heavyweight. Both guys are okay, I guess, for the division. Yeah, I'm like, I I don't know. Um, there's some 
at first I thought like this was going to be um it kind of Tui Voss's fight to lose, but then I kind of saw Hardy's last fight against Tabora, and I was like, oh, so Hardy learned how to do some things. Yeah, no, uh, Hardy. This is this is more yeah I I felt the same and now I've come to the conclusion that this is hard this fight to lose. I'm not quite because, there yet, but go on. I mean, uh, Hardy, Hardy has, I mean, he's not as good as as implementing his game has, but his game for sure makes more sense. Like he he feels the he feels the empty space at the range with safe strikes, then he tries to counter. Um, he throws with better technique most of the time that Rivasa does. Uh, the problem with Hardy is that he has, like, no gas tank at all. Yeah, it's like, he'll also just, like, like, you can see, like, the ideas are, are out there. Like, he'll frame, he'll use throwaways, etc. Like, bring out reactions, but it's like... He also goes to the body. Yeah, he he's just very... I don't know if conservative's the right word for it, but it's just, like, I would say, like, it's limited in how much he can do at a time, maybe. Um, yeah. Whereas, like... His style, his style is also also not allowing him to leverage the physical advantages he has. Yeah, because, like... He's engaged, like, in, in a neutral kickboxing fight, where he, obviously, he hits harder, but he's not using his size or his strength to his advantage, because he's always scared to grapple. Yeah, it's, um, like, going into this, like, uh, my expectation for, like, Tui Vasa comparatively was, like, I've seen, like, Tui Vasa, like, faint pressure and then, like, time, like, a power shot on guys, but it's, like, the more I watch for, like, this matchup, like, the more I'm, like, neither of these guys are gonna look that good. No, no. I mean, Tui Vasa, the thing with Tui Vasa is that Tui Vasa games makes less sense, but he has, uh, a better feel for fighting, I think. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feels like it feels like a coin flip, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I also I also feel like Trivasa understands who he is better than Hardy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're to be impartial for a minute, I don't think either of us are rooting for Hardy here. But like, no, I, I want Trivasa to win super hard here. But yeah. this is a very close fight if we're objective. Yeah, it's um. I, I don't really know how it's going to look, to be honest, because it's like, Tui Vasa can be kind of weird with, like, his decisive making. Like, he can go out, like, and just try to bang the other guy out, but then he just, yeah. like, sometimes doesn't do that. I think I think this this fight has, like, three possible outcomes. I think uh, first is Greg Hardy gets the, first, the, the quick knockout. Uh, second, uh, Greg Hardy, like, keeps Tui Vasa on the outside and wins, like, a boring decision. And third one is Tuivasa actually breaks Hardy, and Hardy Hardy tires and he dies, and I'm hoping for that one, so I'm picking Tuivasa. Yeah, I'm um, yeah, I'm gonna coin flip on this and take Tuivasa. Like um, I'm still a little worried about Hardy's defense on the feet and stuff. Um, against someone who like can clearly crack like Tuivasa. Yeah, can Tuivasa. Tuivasa puts, like, weird combos together that are, aren't easy to defend with just, like, a high guard and backing up. Yeah, like, Hardy's, um... Like, Hardy can faint out reactions, but he's kind of reliant upon the other guy, like, kind of, um, responding to those feints and not putting a lot out there. And if, like, Tuivasa is kind of more aggressive and faints with Hardy, it might be a more difficult night for him. 
Yeah, I'm picking Trivasa, but not very confident about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take Tuivasa also. No disagreement. Um, but hey, now we're on to the maybe interesting stuff, kind of. Uh, welterweight uh, contenders Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Um, yeah, a lot of people are picking Wonder Boy for this. Why are they doing that, Fenyo? I mean, this is interesting. Like, I mean, the thing is that not a lot of people can have been able to solve the Wonder Boy puzzle. I think uh, Thompson, I mean, Burns looking a bit fragile on his left fight is not helping his case here. But I think it's interesting. Like, like uh, Burns does some stuff that should. Um, that should annoy one, uh, Wonder Boy. Yeah, so if I may, like, uh, I feel like at the end of this, um, we'll probably say Wonder Boy has the better shot, but it's like, there are a few things that, like, Burns is going for him here. Like, and I think the biggest thing is, and this is my impression strictly, so it m- may not be yours, but it's like, I think Burns at the very least is a very fast starter. Yeah, and, yes. And the thing with Wonder Boy is like, Understanding that Wonder Boy is this puzzle who's reliant upon, like, his cage generalship and, like, controlling of, like, exchanges and then, like, building upon his reads until he overwhelms you or controls you, like, basically punishing him early is what you need to do. Like, you need to take away that jab and you can't be stationary. And so it's like if you go for it early or, like, pressure and cut him off and attack those legs – and, like, draw him into those possible exchanges where maybe you can be a little more physical than him. That's the thing Burns is going for him here. Yeah, also, um, there's uh, if we draw parallels with Luke, because uh, Burns and him are teammates, uh, I think Luke overall is a way better striker than Burns, but Burns have some advantages over him, like... As you said, Burns is a super fast uh, starter. Luke is very sharp out of the gate, but he won't push the fight as hard as Burns does. And and I think that's very important against Thompson. Uh, Burns is also like uh, more willing to kick hard to the legs than Luke is. Luke from his poster like never invests in very hard low kicks. Burns does it all the time. And also more important for this fight is that. Uh, Burns is very solid on the clinch, and Luke is is very static there. So I think he can threaten because if he pushes Wonder Boy to the fence, he can try to grab a hold of him. Like, unlike most fighters that have tried that, like Jeff Neal and Luke pressure Wonder Boy to the fence, and the the only answer is to land a punch, you know. But Burns can grab a clinch, and he's a decent wrestler there. And, and you know Wonder Boy will be scared of grappling with Burns because Burns is super legit on the ground. Yeah, I feel like um, the thing with Wonder Boy that's always been very interesting to me is, like, nobody ever tries to, like... It's not really that people are bad at cutting him off alone. It's like no one ever tries to pin him in place and work yeah, that much. exactly. And Burns, um, Burns has a shot of doing that. Um, it's... He's not going to be, like, the guy who really tests that theory the way, like, Usman would. But it's, like, Burns um, Burns has, like, his openings to, like, get this done. The problems that Burns has, though, on the feet 
and why so many people are like confident in Wonderboy here is um like although Burns has done like a better job with his shot selection and like mixing things up, like he takes himself out of position so much and when he actually like hurts or like tags a guy, like he gets over aggressive and tries to like brawl and it all comes at kind of a one speed tempo. And it makes yeah. him really, really open for counters. And it's like Wonder the thing is also Wonder Boy is a very, very aggressive jabber. And the more he can build upon that jab, um, like stationary targets without like any defensive depth are gonna get battered. And when Wonder Boy gets his openings, like he's super vicious and willing to throw and thrash those bodies or like turn frames to turn guys to hit. Like he's not the most sound in the pocket. And he can be tagged out of stance, especially yeah, when he shifts. He's so, but he's always mindful of taking an angle. Yes. And, and throwing in volume, so that mostly keeps him safe all the time. I mean, there's a chance that uh, Burns throws like a heavy left hook on the pocket and, and catches Wonder Boy. Yeah, I don't want to go with the whole Pettis theory because that one still doesn't make sense to I think yeah. anyone. I mean, I but, think, but I think Pettis, despite the the fin- the way it's finished was fighting, like, a good fight against Wonder Boy. He was hitting his legs super hard. And was yeah. and the thing that that Pettis did, that most other fighters didn't, that allowed him, because Wonder Boy was hitting Pettis a lot, but you see, he he was never dropping him on, or, like, seriously hurting him, because Pettis was actually pressuring, like, staying on Wonder Boy's face all the time. And Wonder yeah. Boy, like, needs, needs the distance to land, like, his bigger shots. He doesn't spring very hard from up close. And I think if, if Burns can do that, like stay very close to Thompson, to, to Thompson, he, he will have a very, uh, a better shot at winning for sure. Yeah. And I, I think like Burns has kind of shown like he has the ability to maybe pull that off. It, it's, t- it's going to be tough though. Cause like getting tagged by Usman's jab that many times. Yeah, exactly is really concerning if you're, like, going to come after a guy. And it's, like, nobody's better, like, setting up their shots off an angle or, like, guys chasing them than Wonder Boy. Because there's a difference between pressuring and chasing. Yes, exactly. I think uh, Burns has a solid shot at this fight, but I'm still picking Wonder Boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't see a reason to disagree. Like, I I think, like, maybe at the very least, though, if you've been listening to this – you can maybe see why Burns has, at the very least, a shot, which is always good to consider. And sometimes yeah, I mean, it seems like... If if Burns wins this, wins this one, it won't be crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it, it won't be crazy. It's just, yeah, it, there there is a reason people are picking Wonder Boy, and as we still are, but it's like, there there are reasons to not be surprised by a Burns victory. I, I hope yeah, at the very exactly. least we presented that. Um, I don't really have anything else left to say. So let's move on to the main event then. Yep. And um, it is the trilogy that we all wanted, the Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier 3. Um, so I think it's really kind of funny thinking about Fight 2 in retrospective because it's like so many people were like, yeah, McGregor's a bad matchup for Poirier. And then there were some out there that's like, yeah, well, it's still like Poria has things that he can do ooh, that's going to give McGregor some trouble. Um, and 
it turns out Poirier did those exact same things and then some. And yeah. um, it's like now it's kind of like a weird reverse thing where it's like everyone's super confident in Poirier winning. Yeah, and it's I'm, like. Yeah, I mean, everyone is like, I mean, after the the second fight, I was like, of course, Poirier is going to win the third. But I think it's still close. Yeah, like. That's the thing, is like, um... The thing is that Poirier won, but he also showed his hand on the second fight. So, like, Connor has a lot of, of room to make uh, adjustments to that. Yeah, it's um, like... And on the other hand, like, Dustin has to predict what the adjustment's going to be. So, at that point, that puts Connor in a sort of an advantageous position for this fight. Yeah, because it's like when you look at McGregor and Poirier's fighters, like um, like Poirier didn't necessarily prove that like he surpassed McGregor necessarily, but more so like that he had like answers to a specific matchup. Um, and McGregor is still very much like an elite, like dangerous lightweight. Um, because the real issues with that fight, I mean, like as you and I have pointed out, like the things that won Poirier those fight. That fight going in was like the lead hand jab. Yeah. And, like, uh, and, and the right hook. Yeah. Um, cause it's like McGregor's like lead hand is, um, very smoke and mirrors. Like he can do things with it, but it's, he doesn't like throw it out often. It's more of like a pot shotting tool as opposed yeah. to like, or for like a setup tool as opposed to like something that constantly is put out there. Whereas Poirier's jab is constantly out there, constantly drawing responses. And Dustin Poirier is a motherfucker in the pocket that yeah. only, like, like only I someone mean, like Holloway can engage. I mean, a lot, a lot was said that, a lot was said about, uh, Poirier getting out of position on, in the pocket before the second fight. But at the end of the day, like, Poirier is a lot more aware on the pocket because he has more de- defensive options. Than just like uh, fading out, and and also like uh, Poirier will always have an advantage in the pocket because his combination punching from both sides is so much better than most guys in MMA. It's um yeah the other thing is like Poirier definitely can get punished on his resets, especially like kicks and because his defensive ring crack still puts him to that fence. Yeah, but it's like. And it still is kind of hard for him to counterpunch off his guard, but, like, you still have to penetrate that guard, like, work for it. And it's, like, it's still, um, unless you're, like, getting, like, those takedowns in, like, by messing with the guard, like Khabib, or, like, being able to create, like, counterpunching or, like, kicks with Gaethje, or, like, Holloway working through with, like, uh, body shots and whatnot, it's, um, like, pot shotting isn't really the way with... Poirier's guard, I don't think. Especially if, like, Poirier has basically figures out, I can draw your responses. Yeah. It's, like, it's not the best idea, because it's, like, oh, he's already conceded to being pressured by McGregor, but it's, like, it's still kind of damning that, like, McGregor kind of got drawn into that in the first place. Yeah, also, also even going in, uh, the thing with Poirier is that, that I like a lot is that either if he's going on the back foot or even if he's going forwards, He's always mindful of of both leading and countering. He doesn't get like set in a mode. He's always mm-hmm. like if 
if he's if he's looking to counter, he's still putting the jab out there. He's still throwing the the kicks. He's he's always filling the voids with volume, and it's yeah. not like empty volume. It's meaningful volume. Yeah, it, there's constant threats from like Poirier being out there all the time, and like that's a reason why he beat like Gaethje, for instance, because it's like he had enough tools to like be able to play into Gaethje's like counter for counter game, yeah. and it's like. And it's also, again, why he won here, because it's like, McGregor wants to draw responses. Well, what do you do if someone wants to draw responses? You force them their responses. And Gage um, was quick to realize also that you can't just ignore Poirier <laughs> punches because he punches too hard for that. Yeah. It's, um... And, yeah, it, and Poirier was peppering Connor with, like, 50-70% shots. And Connor was like not selling them, but you know Connor was feeling those shots because mm-hmm. he was getting more desperate and making taking more risk with his shots because he knew he was getting countered on the pocket and he wasn't liking it at all. Yeah, and, and that like leads to the next points. Like the other, it's not just like the pockets that really Poirier won that. It's like um, it's also like obviously like the calf kicks, but those wouldn't have worked without the pocket threat and like. Playing with like McGregor's like counters and like yeah. triggers, it's also like the level changes into the like janky kind of shifts, which he kind of put together to really, really like take McGregor out of his element. Which I don't really think anyone saw that coming, but like kudos to him for figuring that out. Yeah, everyone thought like if Poirier shifts shifts against McGregor, he's going to be there. And actually, yeah. he, he he makes the first shift and immediately takes him down, and when he 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 did a very bad shift on the second time, but Connor was so worried about the takedown that he just flew off the the scene instead of taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also like Poirier's posture when he shifts all the way down with the takedown threat, like makes it harder for McGregor to punch down at him too. Yeah, so yeah, it's especially, like especially because uh, Connor posture is not very good to punch uh, down. That's that's one reason that Connor doesn't have uh, a very good straight left to the body is because he stands his his rear legs so so much that he can change levels actually with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I, Connor when Connor throws to the body he always has to loop his hand because he can throw it straight. And that just plays onto Dustin's favor too. Yeah, it's um so I think like we've established like the dynamics of how Poirier won. Um it's so now, like, we're kind of left with the question, it's like, what's McGregor got to do to win this? And it's, like, it, it's kind of hard, because, like, it feels like to me, because I've had these conversations already, it feels like we're looking at ways for, like, McGregor to do things that he's not really had to do before. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he can ad- adapt to deal with the, the kicks, but the kicks weren't the whole, the whole point of the fight. And if he... And if he just comes prepared to just deal with the kicks, we're just gonna box him upstairs with the threat of the kicks. So Connor, Connor better come prepared to deal just not with the kicks, but any way to keep Poirier on the outside because it's clear that he won't get good enough on that time to beat Poirier on the inside. Yeah, and it's like Dustin at the very least has proven that like he has like an intuitive understanding of how to read exchanges yeah. and how to adjust to them. And it's like McGregor's shown that like he can adjust too. It's just like how much. And plus, like it, it's kind of like we have to remember McGregor's probably on his own for prepping for this rematch because, as we know, his team doesn't do anything for him. 
So how is that going to look? Like, what what can McGregor really do? And I think, for me, the key thing is ultimately, and this will be wishful thinking, but it's like, McGregor has to, like, put himself in position where those exchanges don't happen. Like, if he, he can either look for ways to, like, go for that knockout, which I don't think he can get, barring, like, a few surprises. Yeah. But, um... I mean- I mean, a knockout, a knockout early can happen both ways because both guys, both guys hit super hard. But it's, but it's like the, the but main, both guys are super durable too. So yeah, it yeah. Once again, like that's how crazy Poirier's knockout genuinely is because McGregor is very tough. Um, it's like it feels like to me the thing McGregor has to have in this matchup is like like, more mature kind of, like, positioning to avoid those exchanges or, like, be able to have answers at range that he didn't have before. And yeah. I know many people are like, well, he can do, like, the kicking game he did against Mendez, and it's like, that's not so easy to do in an open stance southpaw-southpaw matchup. Yeah, oh, sorry, stance, sorry, yeah. a close stance, but it's like, and I think Ryan made a throw that no longer exists that breaks this down, but it's basically like, think about where McGregor would be kicking at at, and it's like Pori would just get out out of dodge, like. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and McGregor doesn't doesn't have like he based his whole kicking game around around uh, open stance matchups. Like the 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 snap kick is is easy to is easier to block from close stance. Um, so Pori has to be mindful of the high kicks; those are dangerous. But other than that, like, yeah, it's it's complicated for it's, Connor. I mean, he still has a good shot just because he has the advantage to make the adjustments. And Dustin has to guess what the adjustment's going to be. But yeah, I, I, I'm still favoring Dustin here. Yeah, it's, um, it's like, the things that I think, like, McGregor really needs to do is have answers at range. If he can't, like, out-position him enough to, like, control, like, those exchanges, then he's going to have to, like, have answers in the range and pocket. Like, yeah. he's going to need a more active jab. He's probably going to have to create, like, late kicking opportunities. It's just the problem is, the problem with that is, like, he tried late kicking Poirier in the last fight, but he didn't really do it, like, of the initiative. And by that point, it was kind of just a, oh, I need to kick you back. Yeah. At that point, like, he needs to have the initiative with I mean, it. He, he, he'll probably try to do that you know, this time around. But so it's interesting to see what Poirier answer to McGregor Lex kicks are going to be. Yeah, because it's like Poirier is open to kicks, but he has, like, good counters for, like, aggressive, like, kickers. And, like, with that lead hand, like, drawing out responses, like, yeah, it's you can kind of see him timing, like, a straight left counter on McGregor's kicks, because it's like, McGregor isn't really a great kicker either. Yeah, I mean, especially not, like, uh, a roundhouse kicker. He's not very good at that at all. Like, he he spent a whole a whole camp learning to kick versus Nate, and his kicks were still not great at all. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, if McGregor had, like, better lateral, like, positioning and, like, more tools at range, it feels like this would be a way easier fight, but it's just... It's hard to come up with answers for him, um, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I'm, Poirier shouldn't be a huge favorite here, all things considered. No, 
no, Poirier's ringcraft is still, like, a problem, because he still is, like, technically conceding to McGregor's pressure. It's just he figured out how to, like, deal with the other phases. Yeah, exactly. And and also, there's, there's you got to factor the cardio in, like, no matter how much McGregor says he's in the best shape of his life, I don't think he'll catch up to Dustin's conditioning yeah. in a single camp. No I way. don't think... Yeah, and like I said, I don't think it's just conditioning. I also feel like it's experience and adjustments. Yeah, it's calmness out there, and it's also hard. As much as people hate <laughs> using that term on technical analysis, but, like, Dustin is seriously, like, very hard to break. Yeah, at, at this point, unless you're, like, Nurmagomedov, but that's a different story. Um, It's, yeah, it's, like, I don't think McGregor quits himself, like, but he's definitely not the guy who's, like, poised if things aren't going his way, the way Dustin can. Um, and it's just... Yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say. It kind of Yeah, just, I think like, that, that sums it up. I mean, Poirier is, like, for choice, but it's not very wide. It, it shouldn't be wide, like, but a lot of things we won't know until we see them. Yeah. It's still, it's still, I mean... As much as I don't like this fight, because I, I just want Porter to win the, the second one and let it at that. But I it's mean, still, yeah, we're not going to hire interesting. It is still interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not going to hide our bias, you know. Yeah, I want Porter to win super hard here. But this is still, like, objectively an interesting and a good fight. Even if, if it's not very relevant to the lightweight uh, title shot landscape. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think we have much else to cover. This card's probably going to be kind of mediocre, but there are some, like, threads of interest, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you... If there are fights that I would recommend, like, to watch, like, 100%, I would say um, don't miss Hall versus Topuria. That's interesting. Um, Price versus Pereira, like, watch that just for the meme factor. Yeah. Um, um, and watch the co-main and the main event, because those those are going to be good and important. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I recommend you watch Maya Eye if you're a masochist, but, you know. Um, I, I'm... Feno, Fenyo is famously the only masochist in this entire... Um, you know, oh, yeah. staff. I'm going to watch it, so. <laughs> I, and he, see, the whole reason I'm he going chose to watch me for this for pod, sure. the whole reason he chose me for this pod is because he knew I would be the only one willing enough to actually watch fights. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can, I, I can invite over another guy from the fight side, but they're not going to do research, so I just, I just trust in Dan. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is some form of bullying, and you will all hear from my lawyer soon. But this, but this turned out pretty good. I'm happy with this. <laughs> I'm happy with it too. Um, I got nothing else to say. Hope you all enjoyed this. Um, this took shockingly less time than I thought it would. But uh, I would love to do another pay per view again. Hopefully, the card is much, much more fun. So, you hear it, guys? You'll know from us again on the next pay per view. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see you again before the next pay-per-view for a full preview. With All right. Feño and Danton from the... I mean, 
Dan Albert from the fight side. Oh my god, a year and they don't know my name. Ridiculous. You all take care now. <laughs>